Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, and this is episode 552. Hoping you guys are doing swell this evening. It is uh, Tuesday night. A uh, little, little humid, but cool outside. I, I like it outside. Um, very cloudy, though. So uh, it rained today. It rained yesterday. Um, let's see what's going to do tomorrow. Now, tomorrow, well, uh, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't be like this, but... So we picked up the kiddos, the grandkiddos, all four of them uh, today, this afternoon. Um, got them from daycare. We like to pick them at daycare because the daycare is in between where we live and where their mother lives in Charlotte. So she drops them off at um, at the daycare and we can leave them there up to like five, six o'clock. We don't leave them that late, we don't. And uh, so we'll pick them up by four o'clock. We get them out of there. So we grabbed all four. Uh, then we went to McDonald's and uh, we um, ate some food. And then um, and from there we had to stop at Walmart. Angel brought two of them in uh, so they could, you know, buy, buy some toys, buy a few things that they wanted and um, get some food for the house and so on. So uh, then we came back and we kind of, we pretty much chilled here. Um, Santana had a couple of friends come over. It's really her friend and her little br- and the br- little brother who plays with King sometimes. So they were cool. They stayed over here for a f- couple hours, and uh, and their father came and got them. They live up the block, like across the street to my right. Across, uh, they're pretty new. I think they said they've been here for like two years, but um, uh, they seem. Uh, but this that's pretty still pretty new. Nice people though, you know. Uh, uh, anyhow. Um, So tomorrow, I kind of made a promise that I would go to the water park with them, and I'll tell you honestly, man, oh my God, I I dread it. Now, I always loved the pool, man, growing up, I was a fish. I could spend hours, even now, like I could go to a nice pool, and I could chill, right? But this is the problem, guys, let, let me be real. I'm fat, bro, for real. I'm fat, I gain so much weight, and... It's not even about the fatness, you know, it's out of shape. I ain't lifting no weights, like, you know, body started to kind of, you know, deform itself. (laughs) And the angel thinks that she's going to make me feel bad. She's like, man, you got to see all the fat guys there, man. She goes, you the best representative. She goes, you be like the the king of the fat guys. And she goes, everybody's going to look up to you. Because them guys are not even tall, they're fat and short. I'm like, yo, you are not making me feel better. That does not make me feel better. I know it's what I should be doing. Anybody who's in, who's, who's healthy right now. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not healthy, but anybody who's in shape will say, well, yeah, well, you know, you're talking all that, man, but you know, do something about it. Don't talk about it, but do something about it. I, I know, I know, but you know, 
I can tell everybody to do that. I can tell someone who's, who's in good shape, who's been wanting to write a book forever. Well, stop talking about it. Write it. Or who's been wanting to, you know, start a business. I can stop talking about it. Do it. You know, so sometimes what happens is people find that passion. And they, they go all in. Um, I'm that person. <clears throat> uh, I, I, start to, I start to geek out on stuff, and I don't want to do anything else. Like, I feel that if I'm sitting there and I'm and I waste an hour working out, that I'm actually wasting time. And that should not be the, and I know, listen, I know, so nobody's gonna, you don't have to pe- preach to the choir. I know I'm not wasting time. I know that success lies in my health and my, my own fitness. I understand this, I understand that, you know, if I start working out now and I take care of myself, that, you know, I'll live a more productive and healthier life. And, you know, I won't have all these things that weigh me down. And you know what I'm saying? And I know this. I know all of this. I know this. It's about, you know, what can I do? Can I change this? What can I do to, to fix this? And trust me, sometimes I sit there, man, I, I grab the weights. I put some music on. I do a little something. And then next thing you know, I grab, I open up a window in between while I'm resting. And I do something else. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm so caught up in what I'm doing that I didn't hit the weights for an hour or something like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, like I lost my momentum, you know, and, um, ah, you know, I mean, back in the days, like I, I could tell people that, yeah, I work out, man, I build up quick. The thing is, that's always been the case, but I haven't been at the gym in a few years, like seriously. So I don't know if that's still, you know, that doesn't, that, I don't think that's always going to apply, you know, if I had to guess, like if I had to bet, I would say, yeah. If I dedicate myself and I push for, let's say, six months to a year, I get myself in some really good shape. Um, but it's putting my mind into that. It's getting, you know, getting into that mind frame. And that's where I have to psych myself. And I have to make it where it really becomes a priority because I don't make it a priority at all, you know? So to me, working out is a burden, you know? My diet, what did I eat? Okay, so Angel just made me a steak sandwich. That's it, I didn't eat the whole thing. I didn't like, I'm not into that kind of steak. I like real thin steak. I don't, I don't like like sirloins or thick. I think that's what she gave me was a sirloin. I kind of wanted it in a hoagie hero. That's it, that was my dinner. I had some burger, well I had a burger and a couple chicken nuggets earlier, but only because it was there. Other than that, I would never order that stuff. Like, you would never get me waking up and say, yeah, I'm gonna go to McDonald's. <laughs> It gets something, but you know, we have the kids and that's what they like, so you know, we grab something. Um, so that way, um, there's really nothing out on the outside that I enjoy eating, really. When I eat on the outside, I do it so my wife gets a break. That's it. Or if I want to chill out with family and just kind of eat and just hang out, you know what I mean? That's different, but I don't go to a restaurant and say, oh, I'm feeding this, I'm feeding this food. I don't, I don't do that, <laughs> you know? So, um, but anyway, but yeah, so that it's, you know, I would, you can never tell me growing up that really I would, I would get this heavy, you know, and um, that I would, because I was very, well, I'm not going to say athletic, because I never really, well, I, I boxed and I played football, but I really wasn't into sports, like, you won't really, I played because friends played, because the kids played, I would play stickball, and I would play stuff outside, but I never, I never, I was never interested, man. Like, you know, I grew up in um, in Jackson Heights, and and uh, that's South, a lot of South Americans there. So football, or they call, you know, soccer. 
They call it football. Football. Um, very, very popular sport. Like everybody plays and they play well, like really good. Um, and I used to play, I used to go, but it was never my thing. You know, when I boxed, I was I was good, but I was young and I had nobody to really to motivate me. I didn't really have any any help help with that. And that's fine, that's nobody's fault. And when I played football, same thing, I didn't really have anybody to help me out. I didn't have anybody, you know? And um, so, uh, um, so yeah, so those, those kind of things, just, it was just, it was just weird, you know? Maybe if I would've grew up with a father who maybe went running every day and kind of pushed me to do it, or maybe I grew up and there was weights since I was a kid. Like these kids, like my kids and like my grandkids, I mean, they grew up seeing weights in the house and seeing me doing this and doing that, you know? Um, I didn't have that. I grew up with my mother. Like, there was never weights in the house until my brother bought me my first set, you know? But, you know, I used to love martial arts. Like, I used to lie a lot. Like, I used to tell, I tell people that I freaking was a black belt. Like, I used to bullshit. I was a kid, though, you know? I remember when I, um, I did box, though. That's But when I went to box, my first found a PAL and I used to do a lot of running and I knew that there was a gym somewhere in Flushing Meadow Park a PAL gym a boxing gym but I could never find it and I used to I used to I used to jog all over that park and I remember one day I went under this little underpass in the park and I ran across the gym it was closed though because it was real early in the morning the sign was there I was like oh man and I remember going at another time a little later and it was closed and I went another time and it was open. And I remember going in there, sticking my head in there, and you know, and they asked me if I have a box. I said, yeah, I boxed a little bit. And I remember the coach sort of say, saying, let me, let, me see your, let me see your stance. Now, I didn't box. What I did is I read mad books and mad magazines on boxing. Like, so I thought, and I watch, I watch movies, and I loved Rocky, and, but I never realized that when he's standing, he's standing a certain way. I just thought it was a stance. I didn't realize that it, has to, it determines whether you're right-handed or left-handed. And I remember when I stood, and he looked at me, and I don't think my stance was bad, but I remember clearly when he asked me, because he was like, you know, he wants to test me, he's testing me. I don't know if he was testing me, or like he thought I was bullshitting, but... So he said, get in boxing, get in your, your best boxing stance. I got in a stance. And he totally reshaped. First thing he did before he even, you know, reshaped my, my stance, he asked me, are you a lefty or a righty? I said, I'm right-handed. He goes, you're left-handed or right-handed? I'm right-handed. He took my right foot and threw it back. Now, I never thought that. I never thought that the, my strong hand, my right hand would be in the back. You understand? So, and that's the way that is. And that's when... It clicked, and I was kind of embarrassed because I was like, man, I kind of bullshit this dude. But I'll tell you one thing. I showed and proved. I, like, I went, and I did my thing. And um, and uh, I, I sparred with everybody. So if you ever look, I think I spoke about this before, but if you guys look at my videos, look at my nose. You're going to notice that my nose is a little crooked. And that's because I went in the ring with... Mark Wyman, and a lot of you guys like old school, like diehard boxing fans will remember uh, the Hebrew Hammer. Well, that was Mark Wein, uh, Wein, Weinberg, yeah, Weinstein. 
Mark Weinberg. No, it's Weinberg. Wyman, Wyman. And um, it was him, it was Mark, it was David, his younger brother, and then it was Michael, which was the youngest one. And um, <clears throat> and I think uh, I think the oldest one and the little one, he they boxed. Oldest one, Dave, uh, Mark, he went pro. A lot of people knew him, but he's the one that broke my nose. It was so crazy because he didn't do it on purpose. He was a nice guy, actually. Um, but nobody wanted to spar this guy. So when they were asked, they would say, yo, anybody, anybody want volunteers to spar with Mark a couple rounds? My hand went up right away. And I remember him looking over my hand. They were like, anybody else? Because <laughs> I was a skinny dude. Like, I don't think I was, I shoot, I was fighting Walter weight, you know? I think I was lighter than that. So I was like 142 pounds. I was, I was skinny, man, you know? But I swear, I wish I had pictures. Because I know, even though I was skinny, I know I was in great shape. I remember hitting 180 when I came out of prison and they weighed me. And I remember getting on a scale and, and I thought that shit was a big deal. I was like, whoa, I'm almost at the 200 mark now, fucking 200. That's the size of my lunch. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but I remember, um, so they're looking around, they're looking over my head because I was too inexperienced. But they called me in anyway, they said, okay, listen, this is what you're gonna do. You're just going to go easy. You're just going to jab, jab, swing, jab. And all he's going to do is duck, bob, weave, block, bump. That's all he's supposed to do. He wasn't going to hit me. <laughs> I, I did not listen. <laughs> I did not listen at all. Instead, I wanted to show off. And I really thought I could knock this dude out. So what happened was I went hard. And I totally broke the rules and I was not listening. And I started going and I got him, I got him a few times. But all I really did was get this dude pissed off because then he came back at me. <laughs> Baba, he, like he wanted to slow me down. And then I remember he was fucking, he had me in the corner and he was basically pounding me, right? And I remember clearly him giving me this uppercut and this is so crazy. But I remember the uppercut being so hard that my feet, I'm, I'm, I'm still envisioning this right now. My feet, and it's almost like it was in slow motion, my feet left the mat, remember I'm in the ring, they, it, they came up and when they, my feet came back down, all of a sudden all this blood just came off of my shoes, right? And, uh, so they stopped the fight. The dude didn't even say sorry or nothing because I guess I pissed him off, you know? I didn't want to piss him off. I just, I don't know. I was, I was a stupid kid. I was stupid. I should not have done that. But anyway, so they took me to the back. They took me to the locker room and they're looking at my nose. And he's like, he's like, he's feeling my nose. And I could tell the way he's feeling and I could hear them. And I don't know if they told me or they talked among each other, but they told me it was broken. My nose was broken. And I remember they started feeling my nose and massaging it, right? And they kept telling me, relax, relax, relax. And they snapped my damn nose back in place. And all this blood just came gushing out, okay? <laughs> all right? <laughs> and um, I didn't, what's so crazy is that I didn't get the black eyes. That was weird, right? You know, normally you break your nose you get the black eyes, right? I didn't get that. So, <clears throat> so anyway, 
Maybe about a week went by. I'm back in the gym, still doing the thing. Mark Wyman, Wyman is going back in the ring. Again, he needs a sparring partner. So there the, the coach comes out. I think his name was Phil. It was two of them. Phil and I, man, I forgot the other guy's name. Paul. The guy's name was Paul. I know for sure it was a white kid. White guy. And the, and the guy Phil was like Italian. Black hair with a thick black mustache, you know? And then um, Paul looked like he was maybe German, you know? Or Irish or something, right? Probably Irish, you know? And um, <clears throat> I don't remember their last names. But anyway... So I raised my hand again. I remember because I was on the I was on the heavy bag, working the heavy bag, and I saw them going up there and they stopped, they made an announcement, they lowered the music, and said, Who anybody wanna come out and who wants to volunteer run a couple of rounds with Mark? I threw my hand back out. <laughs> Yo, everybody, I saw the guy Paul kind of like laugh a little bit, and they whispered something to each other. They probably said, Yeah, we ain't messing with this kid. And they Looked everywhere. Nobody wanted to spar with Mark Wyman. And then I saw Mark say something to them. And they said something, and I could hear, and I knew they were talking about me, and they called me back up. So I, <laughs> so I went back up. <laughs> oh, my God. And they told me. And I remember Mark coming to me like, it's a little, little faint, but I remember him telling me, we're going to take it easy. You throw your jabs, throw your, throw your crosses. All I'm going to do, and he's demonstrating what he's going to do. Now, he's coaching me. He's telling me, I'm going to move. You're going to just snap, you know, real lightly, real light. You don't even have to really hit me. I'm going to move around. I said, okay, okay. So I went up there, and I'm throwing jabs. Now, remember... The whole idea of having me in there is to throw jabs so he can duck them. I'm not supposed to hit the dude. Like, the game wasn't for me to hit him. The game for me is to throw the punches and him to dodge them. That was the game. Me, I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that I couldn't hit him. I didn't want that. So what I do, <laughs> again, just like last time, I start to move in. Jab, 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 jab cross, jab, jab, cross, cross, yeah, and, and just, until finally, man, I started hitting him, and I got him a few times, and he, again, he did not like it, he came at me, I'm telling you, the play that went on a week or two weeks earlier, when he broke my nose, we redid the absolute entire scene, where he had me in the corner, and now he was pissed, he was mad. I remember him being pissed off because he was hitting me with everything he had. And when I put my, I had my hands up and I bent over, he came with an uppercut again. Boom, in my nose, my feet hit the ground, blood everywhere. They stopped the fight. I didn't care, I wasn't mad at him. They took me back to the locker room. Now remember, the last time they took me to the locker room, they snapped my nose back into place. And let me tell you something, that shit hurt. That hurt more than, than what broke the nose. The nose, I didn't feel really, I didn't feel the nose break. But I felt when they fixed it. So we went back to the to the back and Phil's like, let me see your nose. I said, no, no, I'm pulling back. He goes, you gotta let me, let me see it, man, or it's gonna stay broken. It's gonna look, it's gonna stay like that. 
I was like, that's all right, it's all right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. I'll put some ice. He goes, ice ain't going to do it. He goes, let me get it now that it's still, you know, it's still new. It's still fresh. And he's able to snap it back in. I was like, oh, hell no. No, and I remember backing up, and that was it. I never fixed my nose. So if you guys see my nose and you see it's a little crooked, um, that's why. That's why my nose is crooked. Mark Wyman. I, I'm proud of it. It's so crazy because I'm seriously, I'm proud of it. <laughs> you know, the other person that I fought, um, if you guys remember, was Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly was also in my gym. And we sparred a few times. And, and Kevin was like skinny, man. Like, I'm thinking Kevin, I, I was skinny. I thought Kevin was skinny. Kevin, I think, was still bigger than me. Not only that, he was so, so good at what he did. And I remember the same thing. I supposed to go up there. But see, Kevin wasn't like Mark. Kevin wasn't a brawler. Kevin was, with his long reach, he's going to stay to the back and just ta-da-da-da-da with combinations. And let me tell you something. That boy did it. That boy, I remember him hitting me the first time. I remember him hitting me the first time. And I remember the first time I ever experienced my eyes rolling in the ring. So my eyes rolled one way. And before I was able to straighten my eyes back to refocus on him, he hit me again, my eyes rolled in the other direction. And before they straightened up again, he hit me again. <laughs> my, my eyes could not straighten out. But these were good fighters. These were not amateur punks. I mean, they were amateurs at that time, but these guys all went pro and they all became pretty popular. So, you know, I, had, I got to spar with some really, in my opinion, in my opinion, some really good fighters. You know, and I thought it was, I thought that was mad cool and, and still proud of it, <laughs> you know. Um, as I went on later on, you know, I got really good. Um, there was, you know, pretty much anybody they put me with when we used to do the shows, I pretty much, I got. Uh, then I was going to join the, the Empire State, State Games. So I signed up and I remember I was in really, really good shape. And I remember that same guy, the Irish guy, Paul, he was like, I remember he told me, go take a few days off. He goes, um, he goes, you know what happens? He goes, you don't want to keep training. It's like a shot, you know, you sharpen your pencil too much. And what happens? The point breaks. I'll never forget that. That's what he told me that. Now, I don't know if I was in tip-top shape. I don't know. But I, I, if I had to think back, I think I was. I was in really good shape for what I was, and I was a contender. I was somebody who I think they thought had a chance. The problem is, is when I went home and I took a few days off, I think those few days turned into a week two weeks, three weeks. And during the span of me staying home is when um, I started getting high again, you know? Um, and that was it. That was the end of my boxing career. I left my locker. I had new gloves. I had new wraps, mouthpieces. Like I just left everything and I never went back, you know? I'll tell you one thing, the boxing that I did learn did help me Many times in the streets, um, I've always felt like when I fought people in the street that I had an advantage. Now, I don't know about now, guys, so don't try me. <laughs> but um, growing up and fighting, which I had several fights, quite a few, even when I was in prison, um, my hands did well. I, I fought with pretty good confidence. And I was pretty surprised in many instances that I was able to do the damage that I've done to people. Because um, I didn't realize, but you know, it's all about the few little things that you learn, those skills, those techniques that you learn that can really, really have a huge advantage over someone who doesn't have that knowledge. Someone who just comes at you and starts swinging, really doesn't, it's not calculated. You know, they might hit you here and there, but 
know what I'm saying? You have to stay in control. So I learned that over time. So anyway. Anyway, I don't know how I got to the subject. I never know how I get into these subjects, guys. But I'm glad if you hung in there till now. I appreciate you not hanging up on me, man. Thank you. But anyway, I'm going to shut down. I appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, thank you. Uh, Be cool. Be safe. And until tomorrow, good night, Freestyle. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.